Welcome to the UX Growth Podcast, your go-to source for expert insights and actual advice on all things UX design. If you're enjoying the show, I would love for you to subscribe and never miss an episode on your podcasting platform. And don't forget to sign up for our UX Growth Insider newsletter, where you will get exclusive access to even more resources, tips, and insights that help you take your UX design skills to the next level. Be sure to check out our website at the uxgrowth.com, where you can find show notes and links to our social media channels. And last but not least, be sure to follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn for even more UX design goodness. All links are found in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and let's grow together. Hi, this is the UX Grow Podcast, the podcast that helps people learn and grow in the UX design industry. I'm your host, Nick Mann. I'm here with another guest of season two with Anna Arteva, head of product design at Pioneer Germany. uh, So yeah, thank you so much for being here, Anna. Yeah, hello. Thank you. Thanks for for inviting me. Yes, uh, absolutely. I know... uh, it's always so fun with the time differences of Germany to be able to talk across the world. So it's like, it's always so exciting to hear other people's perspective of UX design and like how I'm finding out that like, it's all universal. Yeah, it might be the opposite perspective, who knows? Yeah, so let's begin by tell us a bit about your background. How'd you get to the place you are today? Um, yeah, so I guess to say I have a rather curvy path to UX, but I guess most of us did, right? So uh, I built my first website when I was 13 and then it just became part of my life. I know I was a a little bit of a nerdy kid. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I also attended uh, drawing classes uh, for most of my childhood. Uh, That's what we actually do uh, in Russia. So I'm from Russia originally. And I think that's a little bit of a legacy from Soviet Union. We have those uh, hobby class in uh, schools um, um, and most of the kids do something after their school. So for me, it was drawing and fashion design and um, swimming. And I think that's also kind of helped me to define my career a little bit. And then um, I developed some fascination for computers, but at the same time, I continued drawing and I was building those websites and I started programming and it just all kind of naturally blended into web design. And I started doing the websites, kind of designing and coding them and just kind of to, add, to get some, earn some extra cash. And um, yeah, eventually I actually, I, did, I never... Uh, thought seriously about design as a career so I actually started studying physics and uh, I was kind of good in sciences and math but um, I didn't really see it as um, as um, like I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life so I dropped Mm -hmm. out and uh, then I got a job as um, let me say it it's html designer so my first job was to be an html designer 
take it or leave it. And um, it was a pretty good offer, actually. I was 19 years old, dropped out from the university, no degree. And I was working in this fancy international company doing the HTML design. I was basically just coding a lot of email newsletters. Even, um, after that, I decided to, um, to pursue my dream and I moved to France and I went to fine art school. So it's completely um, kind of opposite of physics, I would say. Um, and unfortunately, I could only afford one year, so I also had to drop out from that one. Um, and um, yeah, in the meantime, I was always kind of doing uh, a bit of graphic design or web design and everything I could uh, I could get uh, on the side just to kind of um, sponsor my life. <laughs> Eventually, I moved to the Netherlands and got a proper job as a responsible person as a, as a front end developer slash uh, designer. So. That's um, how um, I started my kind of career in Europe and um, changed lots of jobs after that. Eventually, I think it's interesting to, um, because I was always kind of blending uh, front end and design, but eventually it was just unsustainable. So I decided to, I had to make a choice and I decided for design. Um, because I think if you remember, front-end in the beginning was just HTML and CSS and a little bit of JavaScript, but then it became only JavaScript and became proper engineering. And it's actually one of my favorite topics to talk about how design and front-enders uh, can work together because I kind of have the ground in both. But eventually I just decided to, um, to kind of continue my design career because it was just more interesting for me. And um, yeah, mm -hmm. now I'm leading a team, so... Uh, that's yet another level, right? It's a role, uh, not so much of a design role, but um, I, I, I think I love my challenge. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's quite a fun story. And wow, you've been all over Europe as well. That's That must be so fun. Yeah, it was quite a journey. Lots of uh, up and down. And uh, it was interesting indeed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've I've had a few ma managerial roles on this uh podcast and it's always so fascinating to know like the difference between being a designer and uh, being the lead of a team. It's like it's like it doesn't necessarily feel like a promotion, it just feels like a complete job change. So would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I wouldn't even say it as a promotion. It's it's a just completely different job. And I think that's a, mm. a little bit of a misconception we have, right? You are, you're a junior designer, then you're a medium designer, then you're a senior designer, and then you need to be promoted to a manager. And I think this is so not true. Because I mean, manager is a completely different skill set. It's completely different way of working and I, I honestly I don't even do much of a design anymore and I kind of miss it I can't imagine some other people would miss it and if you're a talented designer it would be just a, a waste of a talent to become a manager uh, so um, that was actually my uh, also a challenge recently in my in my team uh, to create a career ladder for designers to kind of progress like to as being a, a design um, individual contributor like whatever you all you call this kind of how you get from uh, a, a junior designer to kind of a principal designer without having to manage people and there is a parallel career which is a management career. So yeah, mm. I think that's a completely different, different role, completely different skill set required. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm also, uh, also curious to know, uh, where are some of the tools and resources that you use as a designer, but also what you use as a manager now? 
Um, yeah, it, it really depends what you put into like into meaning of a role of designer, right? Because this it's so vast, um, right? It's starting mm-hmm. from research and industry. So like whatever industry you're working in, and we're in fintech, it's a very complex industry. And uh, that's uh, like, we spend a lot of time on just learning on what is happening there and uh, like what competitors are doing. Or like design career, it's also, I mean, hard skills. And me uh, in my current uh, career development, I I don't uh, put so much effort into learning the hard skills, right? Because it's just uh, not something I do on a regular basis, um, like in my mm-hmm. daily life. Um, I rely heavily on my um, Medium feed. So I, I'm just subscribed to, to a couple of writers that I, I, I think um, write some interesting um, um, stuff. Yeah. I just read a lot, a lot of books. Um, yeah. And not so much about design, to be honest, um, because, I mean... <laughs> Uh, it's it's much more interesting as a as a designer to to look outside of your um your field and um uh, maybe outside of your discipline and outside of your industry as well. Um, I think the last uh, one that uh, stuck with me that was about design, or somewhat related design, was uh, design uh, articulating design decisions by uh, Tom Griever. I thought that was very interesting. It wasn't necessarily about design process, but more about how you um, kind of communicate it, like deliver it, mm-hmm. uh, like your strategies uh, with your team. And I think the more senior you grow as a designer, the more critical it becomes to be a really good communicator and it's like kind of more defining your role. So I would I would really recommend that one. And um, yeah, I, I read a lot about product management as well, because that's our closest partners. And like one of my uh, kind of challenge is how to make design and product collaboration really tight and fruitful, how to really be like equal partners. Um, I really like the trilogy of uh, Martin Kagan. Uh, I guess that's kind of like a, probably the top uh, writer in this field. But it's 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 big like heavy books <laughs> to read, but uh, I think that they really like have really good uh, ideas and then principles, and we basically just like um, trying to implement most of it in our in our team. Also, I work in a very um, international company, and um that's um that's quite a challenge uh, and i think most of us now work in, in the international teams we have different headquarters in different countries right we have different nationalities in the team and uh culture map uh, was a book that uh, really changed my ideas about um many aspects of this collaboration really helped me to be a better um, better person um i mean better better team player i would say so i would, I would also recommend that one wow that's a really a really great resources and i appreciate you for sharing those um yeah it's actually um something i've learned from a lot of other senior level and, and managerial roles people where they, they take inspiration for design but they also look at outside of it 
I know uh, one was was super big into video games and he really loves the difference and how they set up with tutorials and the controls and how it increases uh, the dynamics and difficulty. And mm -hmm. I thought that was also like a really cool an example of a way to to be a part of design, but not inside exactly with the medium that he was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in, the, in this like uh, overlap of different uh, disciplines and industries where the, the actual innovation can happen, you need to kind of get outside of your bubble to change the perspective to, to create something really um, great. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with people who use like architecture and nature. I find that always so fascinating because that is like something that a lot of people don't think about, especially when they're beginning their UX career and how you like, you kind of naturally gravitate to that just because there is more to learn from that aspect. And I think that's also an aspect of the this UX design field that I love is all about learning and learning to love learning. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's the the must have. Like when you want to be a designer, it's something I really enjoyed in my earlier freelance career, right? Because you're you're switching projects all all the time, and then um, they are from different industries. And one day you need to learn. Like I was learning, uh, working for a trading company. I actually learned how to trade. What does it mean to invest? And uh, it was the time when the, the um, Bitcoin was pretty high, <laughs> so I invested some in Bitcoin, right? So I decided to kind of uh, uh, learn it the, 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 by doing. Uh, it wasn't good timing, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, and then another day you do something for, I don't know, a factory, like industrial field, and the next day you do something for fashion. And it's just so interesting and basically jump from industry to industry and there's yeah, and, and bringing your knowledge from your pre previous experience to the next one. And I, I think that's that's um, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Anna, when you're looking back in your career, was there anything that you would change based on the information that you know now? Or would you recommend uh, a hurdle for someone who is learning UX design and going for the industry that they can improve themselves as if they were to? Would be in a similar situation that you did when you got into UX design. Oh, tricky question. I I think I made so many mistakes in my career and in my life choices, and some of them were like really painful. I mean, I changed a few countries and uh, it, and like quite a few jobs to be honest. And uh, some of them um, was like a lot of things that I could have done better but now in the retrospective I just see that um, it's like all those mistakes and mis uh, yeah they brought me where I am now right so that kind of built me and I feel like uh, sometimes we just need to fall to jump even higher and uh, we need to learn hard way uh, so I think that's maybe if it was like all smooth and I didn't do those mistakes, I wouldn't be here. So I try to be uh, stoic about it. And also I think design field that um, it attracts a lot of people from other fields. Like we have a lot of switches, right? There are like quite not so many mm -hmm. designers who actually learn design and then became designers and uh, did it till the rest of their life. Like, um, so I saw designers uh, coming from architecture, from 
business intelligence and I'm myself, I have like rather kind of technical background, right? As a front-ender. And I think that's so wonderful. And that's what makes our team like really diverse and really like it inspires a lot of really interesting communication because everybody just brings something from their previous experiences, their previous career, and they they just take it like the design on the next level. Uh, so yeah, I, I see like we like see things from a completely different angle. So there are many advices you can give, but every life, every career is unique. And I think that's what like we should really um yeah appreciate it yeah that's actually a very beautiful uh, way of looking at this uh I noticed that you used the word stoic and I think that's such a powerful um skill set a lot more UX designers shall take up on as well of uh, how you know you know how we take take things for what they you know, for what they are not for what we will uh, what we think they would be uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's not only for a designer. It's like every every person should be more stoic, right? I mean, especially in, nowadays, there are so many things happening in the world and there are so few things that we can actually influence and actually change. And if we start worrying about everything, um, yeah, it's just not going to be a very happy, productive life. Yeah. Also, the, like it allows us to remove like any bias, and our thoughts and our reasoning for why we do what we do so that we can do our job as objective as possible. Mm, yeah, that's a hard, hard part. Yeah, I know. I know there've been, there've been times like I'll, I'll look at things like, oh, like as a designer, like I know it's like, oh, I know this doesn't look good. I know this is not going to work with uh, ac accessibility of the high contrast, but like I need to do testing to be able to prove and make a case to change this. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's something that you learn as a designer and like, I think the more kind of the further you get the more you realize how many kind of mistakes you make and you you become like really humble and um become a better listener and um and in, in general it just doesn't mean that we are wrong it's just like as a as a designer, you 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 really need to learn how to be humble, and that's not at all easy, right? So hear people, learn how to listen to them, and how to how to see where you're wrong. So um, especially, I think it's difficult when you're in a, in a more senior position, or somebody is more senior to you, and we um, tend to think that they like oh my uh, voice is um, kind of more important, right? But this is so not true because I just make as many mistakes and have as many wrong opinions as everyone. And I think we really need to kind of as a designer especially to to kind of um hear all the voices hear all the opinions and um kind of listen to them but in, eventually kind of evaluate and make our own choice that's the most rational and we need to test and um like be really humble when we do a mistake we need to yeah learn from it and uh do it and move on and i think the more mistakes we do in in the design process especially the better the better the eventual product becomes right so we want to make them as early as we want as we can 
learn from them, improve and move forward. So I think when you do a mistake as a designer, that's actually, it's an opportunity like to not build, like not to invest something that is wrong. So yeah, I think that's that's very true. Not to get be biased. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so for the people who want to, you know, get in the UX uh, design field, what would you say are some of the tips that you will recommend they do? Yeah, as I said earlier, UX design is is such a vast field. It's a very like there are so many skills and like different skills and different qualities that you might be developing or working on. I mean, starting from UX research, you need to understand like from business, from the commercial side of it. And then you go to the UX, conceptual design, ideation, all those kind of things. And then to actual hard kind of visual part of it, or maybe even more technical, maybe um, you want to learn a bit of uh, engineer, like a front end, but it's just like, it's nearly impossible to master them all and doesn't make any sense. So I think you need to see like the, like the entire horizon, like what is there, what defines UX. And we have a lot of overlaps as well with other fields, right? It's often, I mean, the most uh, difficult is like where the role of product manager stops and UX designer starts, at least for, for our, um, our setup. Um, so I think when you start into um, like this learning UX, getting into it, you need to see like, what are your strengths or like, what are your interests and really focus on them and prioritize and try to kind of master this one and see what, where you're kind of lagging behind a little bit or where you don't want to focus on and be very mindful about it and just collaborate with people who are more strong on, on that part and kind of let them do the job or learn from them. Or if you are just learning, maybe, um, for example, if you decide that you want to focus first on UI and ignore like the, the research part of it or UX part of it, uh, you can just take the existing UX um, and existing product and just kind of learn how to copy, how to create beautiful UI, um, change it um, on, on top of that already that already exists. And I think like focusing on our strengths really like makes it as more interesting and i think some people might decide just to be uh, to specialize and really master it to a degree of perfection and i think it should be perfectly fine like if you want to be like a fantastic interaction designer but you never want to do any interviews i think that should be possible uh, you should just have good teammates you, you need to become part of the team where you have uh, great researchers or great ux designers or you want to go um, wider and you want to develop other um, other skills and become more of a generalist but there is always a trade-off there is not such a thing as as free breakfast they say right so mm -hmm. if you become more of a generalist then you naturally cannot specialize in one thing and uh, spend all your energy into mastering it so i think we all need to find a balance um but i think in the beginning we kind of need to focus i, I would I would say we should we shouldn't try to do to do it all. It's just impossible. Yeah, you are so right because like the more like I learn about the UX design field, the more it's like oh my gosh, this field is so big. It feels like impossible to know 
and be good at everything. Oh, 100%. I'm still learning so much. I never really worked with uh, UX researchers. And now I need to establish UX research in, in my organization. And it's so hard because I just don't know what it is. So I'm, I'm trying to learn uh, the, the, like the field of research and see the value and sell the value of research to, to my team so we can, can uh, establish it in our organization. And I think what we do is basically every UX designer now is also a UX researcher because that's, that's how it is. Yeah, I, I know like a research is such a key part of me understanding to become a designer in this field. And it was just so fascinating to be able to how we go through the systems of finding out information and then using it to design. And like this is things like I kind of always thought of wanting to do in the back of my mind as a graphic designer. But the reason a lot of agencies I worked with had such very, very, very short deadlines to work with. So it's like I can never have the time to do that research that I've always been thinking about doing to be able to make my design choices. And now with the UX design, I'm like, wow, it's, it's, everyone knows that it's a very much a big part of it and why we do what we do. So I think that was a one, that was a really shift in my career that I was like, whoa, that made a lot of sense to me. And also why I feel like the research aspect speaks to me personally. Yeah, absolutely. I think companies that don't do research, I mean, they, they think that they're saving money, but eventually what we end up with is like a lot of mistakes that we could have avoided on the research phase or on validation phase. But we think that with the more we build, the faster we go, but eventually we just make a lot of things, wrong things, wrong, right? So it, it can be all more optimized when we leverage their like the research and usability testing, like solution validation, and really learn the things before they get developed. It's just so much more efficient and cheaper for companies eventually. Yeah, and I know like once companies really utilize UX design, they realize like, wow, they're saving so much money and like everything, and like everything just makes more sense for like everyone involved. But, you know, it's like, there's a lot of hurdles that that has to happen for, for other things to happen because, you know, like we have to work as a team. Yeah. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. as a so, team, it's a, it's a very important aspect. Like we have to work yeah. with them. Like, um, like we only can get that together. Yeah, I know, like, especially like as we, you know, we go uh, become more experienced, you know, the soft skills of communication just becomes more and more important. Oh, yeah. And that's, and it's like, it's kind of harder to learn that. It's like, you kind of have to learn as you go. And because of like, there's, you, you can't really anticipate situations until you're in them. And then you can like look back and say, oh, I could have handled this better. And now when the opportunity arises, now you have the learning experience of that. Yeah, yeah. I think the more I like the more I progress in my career, the um the more important it becomes. And I'm not a naturally good communicator. That's like I just have to honestly admit it. I made a lot of communication mistakes. And it was really hard on me sometimes, but that's how I learn. And eventually I think I, I made some progress. I'm still not there, but I made but it's also kind of a theme of my year, like how like communication and team collaboration is just so essential and i also see on examples people who are naturally good communicator it compensates on so many other aspects like they can just get there with like 
people like like it all it's always faster together right so um that that's very critical for for our yeah so, so anna what has been the biggest lesson you have learned in your career so far so far the theme of this year is communication and collaboration like we need to learn how to work with other people because we are much more valuable much smarter when we are together and um the greatest things come when we merge forces and work like two different more than two uh, people working together productively and that's not easy it's really not easy and a lot of very smart very uh, kind of people with great ideas they are introverts they're not that very um, effective in their communication they're not very comfortable and I think that's what we need to learn how to make sure that everybody with like whatever communication style they have they can participate and they can put their input and they are talents uh, at work and especially for me as a leader that's been um one of the biggest challenges right everybody's different and everybody's talented in a very different way and how i can uh kind of make people thrive uh and grow um help them kind of unlock their uh, career opportunities while not putting them in boxes right as a designer you need to do this and this and that and that of course we need to go through the design process like we cannot say like okay if uh if you're good in visual design that you can never kind of do research on, on your project but yeah it's it's kind of like how you make your your teams and i think i i've been um um I made a lot of mistakes earlier in my career because of that. And I think I just want to um, to learn from them and um, in, in my current current job, like kind of, yeah, maybe another thing is customer experience. Um, I'm not sure if it's a, it's the biggest um, learning in my career, but um, company organized in a way they most of the time we are reporting to the product team or like engineering sometimes, I think that's really weird. Uh, but uh, it, it's great to go outside of this product slash engineering domain and uh, see what is the actual customer experience look like and talk with those other functions, right? With marketing or with sales, with customer support operations, they have so much learnings and it can be, I mean, it's still part of customer experience. As a designer, as designers, we can um, uh, help them to create a better uh, support experience, for example, or how the product can be sold better. It's still part of one big journey. So I think it would be like, we, we need to push ourselves outside of our domain. And I think that's not, not easy easy to do right because uh, because of all those reporting lines uh, and that's where the communication comes to play right you want to make friends with those people and uh, like establish some collaboration and and um, shared goals so you can fix those things together for for common good collaboration communication end-to-end -end customer experience yeah yeah i know i love how you're able to tie that all together um, just to talk uh, very briefly on the communication part, because it's it's always funny because of 
of back when I was in high school, I always thought of people who were good at public speaking were naturally just good at it. And there were people like me who were bad at it. And it felt like that's how it was. Like there was no way to improve. You either naturally were good at it or you're not. And it's funny, as I grew older into my career, I realized like how wrong that is, how Mm -hmm. anyone can really learn any skill and be able to apply themselves. It's about, are you showing up to, are you practicing it? Where, you know, where are the ways that you can improve or even ways that you can improve for you? Because the podcast has been like a halfway point of that. Yeah, it's the most interesting. I feel like sometimes when you're bad in something and you really get irritated by the fact that you're bad in it and then you put so much effort into fixing it and eventually you become so much better than naturally talented people in it. And I I just saw it happening so many times. And yeah, I think that's... um, the question is like if you want to put this effort uh, in it, if it's if it's that important to you, uh, yeah. Sometimes I guess it, it it's not, but um, I can I definitely we we can use our willpower to learn anything and become like great in anything. Yeah, that's so important and well said, Anna. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Tried my best. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, as we're closing on this uh, podcast episode, do you have any closing words you'd like our audience to know about? No, I mean, that's such an exciting time uh, to be a designer now. I I just I was reading in the morning about the, uh, the power of AI and how we can use it. And it's kind of scary, right, that we can. Um, I mean, it can replace so many functions, so many functions that the knowledge workers thought they they would be always reserved for them. Um, And I think that's like we saw it happening before, like we were afraid that computers will replace us. I think we really need to take advantage of them, otherwise they will take advantage of us. And like learn and progress and see how we can optimize our work and how we can focus on something that actually matters. Yeah, versus and some other things that matters less. So really be bold and uh, just just do it. Like don't put yourself in a box. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know we you know we are humans, and not not boxes. You know it absolutely makes sense that we are we are born to learn, and grow, and become better versions of, of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's such a a nice yeah. like kind of career path and um time to to do this kind of thing. Like everything is possible nowadays. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Anna, for being here. Thanks so much for having me. That's been a pleasure. Yes, please. Yeah, please. Yeah, please do uh, check out all our guests. And you just listened to the UX Grow podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mann. Thank you for listening. <laughs>